On the one hand, there's a massive youth unemployment. And on the other, we see a cybersecurity skills gap. Now that's an opportunity. And that's what Anna Collard and I spoke about a few weeks ago. And I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I thank you very much for joining us again here at Tech Central. And as the Senior Vice President of Content Strategy and an evangelist for No Before Africa. And today, we're going to have a fascinating conversation, and I know it is because I've seen some of the research, very importantly, about where the IT sector is going, but very importantly, where and why is it seen as a male-dominated environment? Now, without wanting to spill the beans, the survey conducted more recently by No Before explained that most women working in this male-dominated IT and tech sector feel that they have not, and I'm, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, have not been discriminated against based on their gender, and that they have enjoyed a solid career and career support, particularly the senior women in this sector. Anna, could you kick us off and let's have this conversation? Yeah, hi, James. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. I think what we wanted to do is really get an idea of what the perception in South Africa is, because there's a lot of press around women and technology and that obviously we don't have enough women in tech, particularly in cybersecurity. In, in South Africa, we only have about 9% of the security professionals who are women. So more needs to be done to attract more women and girls into the industry. But we wanted Great. to find out, you know, like how do the women that are in the industry, how do they feel like, are they enjoying it? Are they not enjoying it? Do they feel discriminated against? What are some of the reasons why we don't see more women in it? And like you just said, I also thought it was actually really nice to see that the responses were quite positive in terms of that women, including myself, by the way, that work in it are actually very happy and they enjoy the work environment and they don't feel discriminated. Thanks a lot. And thanks for introducing this because we need to leave today's conversation understanding how to demystify this topic. We need to leave this conversation knowing what we can do about it and how really importantly to change the perceptions that are perhaps seen as a bit of a barrier to entry, if I could put it that way. We're not, we're not here to talk about discrimination as much as we are to talk about the opportunity. And how did you become so successful in this IT industry with very little of a sort of tech background. Could you tell us a bit about your story, please? So in my case, it was really more of a coincidence because as a youngster, I wasn't particularly interested in technology. I was really into arts and I actually wanted to study art history and was told by my father, no, there's not enough money in it. <laughs> and then I wanted to do languages, same story. And then I ended up having to do a sort of a BA equivalent in international economics, which is sort of, it's more business degree. And part of those studies, I had to do internships abroad and I've did one at the, cause I'm, I studied in Germany and I had to choose a German company in Singapore and the Deutsche Telekom or the German Telekom, they were the only ones that offered me an internship seat. And that's how I got into it, really. I mean, it was sort of a coincidence. And then I also happened to, uh, as a student, again, instead of waitressing, 
added waiter, like every student, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also got the opportunity to work for Siemens. They had this program called Work Students, where you work for 20 hours a week and you got paid quite well, you know, in comparison to the waitressing. So I did that. And more from a, you know, to earn some money on the side, but they offered me the opportunity to write my thesis back in the day in security. And that's really how I got into it. So no tech background, but through my side gigs, I suppose, I sort of mm. got exposed to it. And that really then opened the door. Like as soon as I started researching security, and this was in 2001, so it was really very niche, very new. And then I wrote my paper on it at the end of the day. And that then in return, got me a job at Internet Solutions, which was part of the Dimension Data Group. And really, that's how my career started. But I have to say that because I didn't have that tech background, and particularly when I was like a young sort of, you know, career starter in my beginning 20s, I always felt inadequate compared to my mainly male engineering colleagues. Not that they ever made me feel that way. Like they were always supportive and very helpful but I just felt I didn't have you know the coding background I didn't have the engineering background and I worked really hard to keep up and every weekend I would sit and read and try and study further do yeah. a certificate every year just to I suppose in a way fight that imposter syndrome a little bit that I had that I was in the tech industry without the tech background but yeah so I think I worked harder than my colleagues back then because I felt I didn't have the necessary background and in a way that maybe made me then over the years become more successful in some mm. way because I worked harder than, than and, them. and more resilient I, I love that thank you for that story you did also tell me that when your father first gave you your first computer you yeah I think it may, you may have cried yeah <laughs> I really did not want to have a computer. I think I really wished for a car or something. Exactly. That was it. Like, I think when I was 16 or 18, he got me a computer and I didn't want one. And I remember him saying, oh, if you don't know how to operate a computer, you're like a, an, an alphabet of the future. So you have to yeah. figure out, you know, and I was really not interested. I was like one of those teenagers who was interested in all sorts of things but not that <laughs> well, I'm, I'm loving your story and thank you for making it so personal and relatable because i think a lot of our listeners are going to be able to share this podcast with people that they know who might like you be wanting to get into the industry and one of the things that came out of the survey was that most of the respondents said that they did not feel discriminated against when applying for roles in the tech space and i think that's a lovely reflection on the fact that we aren't being sexist. We aren't sort of selecting who can and cannot apply for these roles. And it often boils down to the merit and the merit of that resilience you talk about, the merit of knowledge, the merit of being able to apply oneself to an industry and actually very quickly upskill yourself in a topic that is ever evolving. Yes. And that's also something I always tell you know, when I speak with younger girls, for example, that there's a couple of women that are, I work with as part of a mentorship program, you know, I, I tell them, yes, I may be much older than you. I've got 20 years of experience, but 
I feel just as much as a beginner every day because the space changes so quickly. And particularly if you look at emerging technologies, the metaverse, that whole space, nobody is an expert because it's so new. And the same, that was the case with security and it still is because back then you couldn't study cybersecurity. There wasn't a master program. I mean, you can today, but back then you couldn't. So you'll find that most of the senior security people they came at it from all sorts of different pathways because there wasn't even a career opportunity. And that also means that you never stop learning. You have to like keep up with it and it will never stop. You'll never finish. <laughs> you have to learn and, every day. And on the note of learning and self-development, you know, we work and I'm stating the obvious here, but we work in and live in a world that is so information rich. There's so much information and training and learning and knowledge available to us. We just need to reach out and grab it. And I know that a lot of what you do is creating environments where people can access that content. Can you tell us a bit more about some of the ways in which someone might go about, I mean, for instance, just starting with STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths? Let's have that conversation, please. Yeah, it's interesting what you brought up now, and it got me to think about some of the studies that I read, why we don't see more females or women in the tech industry is something that happens at a really early age, like at early childhood development, that we don't expose our girls enough to the fascinating area that is STEM and technology. And, you know, credit to my dad, he tried, and back then I was really not interested in it. But I think if there were more programs or mentorship or role models that would have shown me how cool it is to actually join this industry. I may have developed an interest much earlier. And Mm. I think that if I had to go back in time and consider how to get involved, also granted that things have changed. Like nowadays, you don't necessarily need to go anywhere. You can just go online and look at relevant Mm. training material that is there. I think Mm. what I would do is try and find or join specific networks. I mean, there are, if you go to LinkedIn, there's the Women and Cyber group. It's a LinkedIn group. They're all over the world, but there's a South African chapter that's led by Carissa Varma. That's a fantastic sort of, you know, networking opportunity to meet other women in the field that are willing to maybe guide you or mentor you. I would try and find someone, doesn't have to be another woman, it could be anyone that is ahead in the career and just pick their brain and say, look, what sort of certificate should I go, Should I do? Where should I develop myself further? So, you know, just speaking to other people, I think that's a really good technique. And you don't have to go to someone and say, oh, will you be my mentor? It's You can just say, well, can I pick your brain for half an hour? And if you're already working in an environment and you're interested in security or technology, but you may, maybe you're working in, marketing or some other division just go to them and say hey what are you guys busy with like is there a project that I could maybe shadow or assist with and that in itself shows initiative it shows the right attitude and it might expose you to something that's really interesting and they will appreciate the assistance so and I guess like if I you know if you look at my history as well that's how I got into it right it was through these internship programs it was through little side gigs that I was exposed to these projects at the end of the day that then influenced my whole life and my career. Mm. I love that. And I think what you're also alluding to there is that we as, yes, I say parents, but, you know, 
grown-ups that have spent some time in the industry and in business and raise the next generation should be very careful not to perpetuate a behavior that's perhaps attached to a stigma or perhaps an assumption. And just showcasing female role models like yourself is a wonderful way to start. And as parents, we should be affording the same opportunities and the same experience and having the same conversations with our boy children and our girl children. I think that's a great place to start as opposed to making an assumption that girls won't be interested in this, in this yes. topic. Because we know yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. And, and often it's actually us, the moms, who perpetuate that. You know, so we have to be quite conscious of that fact and maybe speak to our mom friends to say, look, you know, when we do these birthday parties, even if it's your daughter, you know, have it in the science science yeah. field or, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be always the unicorns and the, not that there's anything yeah. wrong with unicorns or the, the color pink, it can still be that, you know, but yeah. also combine it with more of a science or STEM kind of topic. And thank you. Because I think, I think a lot of people are looking for how to overcome challenges, but there's a plethora of opportunity out there. And I think being brave, it's something you touched on a minute ago, is also critical because people that show that courageousness are going to find passion in what they do. And by exhibiting that passion, they're going to become better and better and better. And granted, if they choose not to follow that lead and something else attracts their attention, that's also fine. But at least go and explore what is available because there's a massive job shortage, but yet there's a huge skills gap in that, especially the cybersecurity space. Yeah, and you just touched on something that we've actually verified also by another survey that we did in December last year, where we actually went to South Africa's enterprise, like the biggest companies, you know, the banks and telcos, et cetera. And we asked them, you know, when you're looking for junior people to join your teams, and this is, I'm talking about the security teams in those big companies, what is it that you're looking for the most? Is it experience, certifications, et cetera? And you know, what was really fascinating is that they said, no, obviously it's great if somebody has some experience, it's great if they show that they, they've done some sort of certificates or some learning, but the number one thing that they're looking for is the right attitude. It's an attitude of constant learning, of curiosity, of being brave enough to go out there and ask questions proactively so that being proactive, showing initiative, being curious and wanting to learn more, that is what they need more so than experience or certificates or any of that other stuff because let's face it we all have to start somewhere right like we all start with zero experience but if you have the right attitude then it makes you attractive and i don't want to say fake it till you make it but the truth is get stuck in get your hands dirty show that you can do one thing and then another thing and then another and before you know it you've got an incredible resume behind you which is going to be very attractive which coupled with positivity and, as you rightly say, the attitude to learn, be curious, be brave. I think that's lovely. That's very well put. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm quite sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I also just want to position the fact that a lot of our listeners are in a position to potentially offer opportunities, whether it's, you know, an internship, full-time employment or whatever that might look like. And really importantly, also mentorship. Bring a girl child to work is a thing. It's a real thing. We don't have to wait for it to come around once a year. Let's give people the exposure to the industry. 
Let's offer ourselves up. And it doesn't take much effort. Yeah, absolutely. So especially if you are a woman in the field. And, you know, interestingly enough, most of us actually do do that, you know, because we all feel passionate about it. And I involved in some form of shape with an organization, whether that's Girls Who Code or the Women in Cyber. You know, there's a lot of great initiatives that one can get involved with as a volunteer. I think there's also these sort of non-obvious things like speaking to your mom friends and parent friends to make them aware of the fact, hey, you know, let's just maybe be more considerate or more conscious about when we buy birthday presents for our girl friends or, Mm -hmm. you know, like girl kids that we make it a bit more science-y rather than, you know, the fashion stuff. (laughs) I think those are all conscious decisions we need to make. And, yeah. and I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And I think that our listeners are definitely able to reflect on this and, and perhaps see in themselves that they, male or female, have definitely got a role to play in encouraging the young generation to come through, especially the young female generation to come through and embrace the incredibly dynamic industry that they are going to be exposed to. And they're going to be exposed to things tomorrow that they don't know about today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, things change. I think the pace of innovation, the pace of change is just incredible. And it is even increasing. So there will be jobs that we can't even think about yet in the future. So I guess, you know, helping our kids to develop more values and stamina and resilience, you know, being brave, being curious, mm. those are values that will help them rather than trying to box them in one particular area because we don't know what will be the area of the future, right? Thank you, Anna. Can I ask, you know, actually, I'd like to offer, I'd like to ask something, but first offer something. I'm also very much in the tech space and as a moderator of Tech Central, I would like to offer to mentor a girl or a young woman who might be interested in entering the space. That's my pledge to you. So, anyone listening to this, feel free to get in touch with me either directly through directly or through Anna. But I'd like to reflect on something, if you wouldn't mind just closing. Anna, what advice would you give your younger self or anyone else wanting to break into this industry? I think one of the problems or challenges that I had when I started out was that I felt quite insecure, as I mentioned earlier on, and maybe I wasn't assertive enough or I mean I was I think I was brave enough to give things a try but I often felt inadequate in some way or shape and I I think that's something we need to we need to help the younger generations if they have these kind of feelings to make them first of all assure them that everybody goes through that and it's normal it's probably part of growing up mm-hmm. but that particularly women compared to the male counterparts you know we tend to be less assertive and one thing that I learned the hard way is if you don't ask you don't get so that's just something to remember that you know if you don't ask for the opportunity nobody will give it to you unless you're very lucky you know but that that does happen but go out there and ask for it the worst that can happen is that somebody will say no you know no we don't have uh, that vacancy no you won't get a raise but unless you ask you know they won't give you the raise. And that's something I think I should have been more proactively back then. And I actually had, a, in fact, a male manager at some point, And he said to me, Anna, you know, people will always get paid what they think they're worth. 
And I think that's another good advice that I got is that if I don't ask for more, you know, then I think I'm not worth more. So it has to come from you. And as girls, we have just as much the right to ask and we shouldn't feel too timid about it or insecure or inadequate. I couldn't agree more. And our listeners very much look forward to reading the survey, which I know to be published as an attachment to this podcast. The stats for that survey will be available. And this has been a very, very rich conversation full of really useful tidbits of information and insights. So for me, James Erasmus at Tech Central, Anna Collard at No Before Africa, thank you very much for your time. And we really hope that our listeners enjoy this podcast and then share it in order to encourage more and more young women, especially into the tech and IT industry. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.